morning. This is Father Brian Christensen. I'm joined by my co-host, Karen Gibas here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. I would say it's sunny, Karen, but it, the clouds have rolled in in the last half hour or so, so it's a little hazy out there. It's there somewhere. But it's warmer than it has been for a while. Um, we just had a wonderful segment with uh, Bishop Peter Mewich, um talking about Lent, talking about the right of election. I mean, this Lenten season, um, we're doing a wonderful things in the church. I, I mean, it, it is a powerful season for Catholics. Uh, the a time of prayer, fasting, almsgiving. And we're always wondering what we're giving up. I asked all the kids on you know, Ash Wednesday uh, and yesterday, what do you give up? And some of them can't tell me. They're like, I said, well, you better work on that. Better work on and there's always chocolate, candy. Then this kid rattled on for a long time. I'm giving up chocolate and TV and um, milk. And, th- and he just went, I was like, Whoa, we got a little John Vianney going on here. Uh, I said, don't, don't set yourself up for failure. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, uh, last night here at the cathedral, we've been doing something for the last four and a half, five years or so called Mercy Nights. Now, we've been doing twice a year, usually here in the Lenten season, Advent season, trying to do them more often. Um, we have mini Mercy Nights every month on Saturday nights. But Mercy Night is really opening our doors um, for people to encounter the mercy of, of God through the life of his church through prayer. We have adoration. We have intercessory prayer. We have healing prayer teams. And we last night we had eight um, priests, including Bishop Mewich, that were hearing confessions from 6.30 to 8.30 last night. It was just a really beautiful uh, experience. And today, we um, have one of our parishioners that joined us for Mercy Night, and she's been involved with really its inception um, over these years. Anna Robbins, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Father. So you were on one of these prayer teams last night. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing last night on a, on a prayer team? Like, for our listeners out okay. there, like, what is a prayer team at Mercy Night? Um, well, First of all, it was a beautiful night. Um, I, I would say that I, when they asked me to do this interview, I thought, I told her, I said, it's the morning after Mercy Night, so there will be such joy because there always is. Um, but really, you're interceding. You're stepping in and being an instrument for Christ. Um, of course, He does everything. Holy Spirit does everything. Um, but really just, it, it always amazes me. People come forth with such vulnerability and faith. Um, and bring forth what they want, want and desire the Lord to do in their life or heal. Or, and most of the time he's been speaking to them. It's really incredible because you can see, you know, a lot of times we confirm, it sounds like you're hearing the Lord and he has really been speaking to your heart. But they bring that forth and they ask where two or three are gathered to pray for, for this intention. And it was incredible and beautiful what he did last night. It was so much mercy, so much love poured out by the Lord last night. And really, I would say a theme of trust. Mm. He spoke to people's hearts, trust me, I'm good, I'm faithful, trust me. It was, it was an ongoing theme all night in our prayer. So people are in the church, they're praying, the Lord is exposing the Blessed Sacrament, there's priests in the back in the confessionals hearing confessions, and people come up, you're in a group of three, four, three, pe- four, yeah. three, four yeah. prayer people who are praying, yeah. and they come up and what happens next? What, what, um, if I came to you, what would you say to me? Um, I, usually I smile and say, hi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you for coming forward because it takes courage and it takes uh, t- bravery to come forward. And then we usually just ask them their name. Like, mm-hmm. what's your name? Um, and then we say, what can we pray for you tonight? What, what's on your heart? What would you like us to, to intercede for for you tonight? And then we just let the person speak. And they usually let us know if it's an intention um, for them or for somebody in their family or someone that they know. And then we just... Um, Usually it's led by a deacon, so one of our deacons begins prayer, and then um, 
the other intercessory team members will come in as they feel the Lord um, has placed something on their heart. So beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So lots of lots of mercy, lots of trust. You said lots of trust. Lots yeah, of it was like, and, and it was the Lord saying, like, "Don't trust me. It's going to be super hard." It was Him saying, "Trust me." I'm super awesome. I'm super good. I'm super faithful. I can do it. Like what's hard for you is easy for me. So that's now um, the reason why you're here today. We invited you to share kind of your faith journey because um, 20 years ago you were not leading prayer groups in the front no. of the cathedral church, right? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so tell us about a little bit about your growing up okay. uh, in the faith and what that was like early okay. on. Well, actually, I grew up in a family of eight, um, right down the hill from the cathedral. Um, and have been a parishioner here my whole life, um, but really just a cradle Catholic. My parents um, brought us through all the sacraments. I attended the Catholic school all 12 years with all of my siblings, um, and the Catholic faith has always been a part of our life. My parents um, raised us in a strong Catholic faith, and it was always just something that was a part of your life. Um, I would guess as I got to be a young adult, um, I wavered a little bit back and forth of deciding what that looked like and um, at different times if it was a part of my life, um, but never really left left the faith at all, never left the faith. And um, yeah, it was just, I mean, I guess growing up in Catholic school, you experience all of, you learn so much about the Catholic faith, but I'm not sure my heart absorbed it until... Much later. Much later. Yeah. Much later. Um, so what were some of the positive influences as you went through the years uh, that kept you close to the life of, of the church? Um, just, I think, staying involved. I'm not sure that it, through any of it at the moment that I was understanding what was really happening. Um, I can look back and see that there was probably my grandmother, my mother, people praying for me, that God was interceding in ways that I didn't know at mm -hmm. the time and, um, and always present. Um, but I'm not sure I ever under really understood the gravity of what, of what the faith was as I was growing up. Um, I think going to school in a Catholic school, sometimes it's a part of what your curriculum and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so maybe you don't enter in as deeply sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just... I, I, so you said growing up, you know, you're never far away from the church, but kind of wavered, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of started you journeying deeper in the relationship with Christ and the church? Well, the diocese held the year of faith. Um, it was in 2012. And my grandmother actually attended that with my twin sister um, out at Terra Sancta. And I was pretty, I was pretty busy, like always, oh, I'm so busy. I can't, you know, I can't go. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Um, but I, what, I did decide to pray for faith that year. I was just saying, Lord, just increase in faith, increase okay. my faith. Um, and then I got to walk through cancer with my grandmother. I'm a nurse um, by profession. And so I got to walk with her in that. And then I got to walk especially through the last couple weeks with her um, as, as she passed away. And in that, God worked tremendously. And I believe that in that moment, he answered that prayer that had been my prayer all year. Um, and it was like my faith came alive. Mm -hmm. My faith came alive, and especially at her funeral. I remember it was during the song of farewell, and it was such overwhelming joy. It could have only have understanding now been the Holy Spirit. It was like my eyes were opened. My eyes were opened, and I really believe at that moment my heart understood what. So tell me a little bit. You're talking about your grandma, Grandma Sally. Yes. So tell us a little bit about Grandma Sally. Grandma Sally. Um, she had a very deep devotion to our Blessed Lady. Um, she always just, her mother died when she was very young, and so she always just said that she was her mother. 
Um, and she was very just steady in her faith, so steady in her faith and, and quiet. I think she, I think she prayed for us abundantly <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> um, she offered her suffering in her cancer. She offered all of her suffering for her family and, um, and interceded for so many people and really surrendered. It was, it was watching her surrender it to the Lord, especially at the end. She literally just placed it in his hands. And then it was tremendous to watch what the Lord did for her after that. And in those moments, um, he gave her such strength. He gave her such beauty and it was just incredible to be a part of it. It was, was there any it was moments that kind of stand out for you in those final days. Yeah, there was, there was many, um, just being present with her, sitting with her. Like we, you know, I, one thing that recently, a recent friend of mine passed away and, and father Marcus said, like, we learned to be with each other and the Lord gave me the gift of being with her. And when you are, when someone's going through those last moments in life, um, I believe they're very close. The Lord is very close. And, um, and, and so in that moment, when you're sitting with them, you are very close to the Lord and yeah, it changed my life. Okay. Changed my life. Um, you talked about, you know, those final weeks and days of Grandma mm-hmm. Sally and then at her funeral at this song of farewell. What cha- how did what changed? The faith came alive. Okay. It was like my heart understood it. Like I was like holy cow, he's real. He is real. He is real. This is real. Um I had heard about the chaplet of divine mercy. My grandmother prayed that throughout her whole last year of suffering with cancer. And I was like, how did I not remember this prayer? Like, where was this prayer? And people were like, we taught that to you in school. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it just, it was like, I I imagine it was like a veil lifted from my eyes and the faith just came alive. And that was it. It was like game over. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm all in. And then it was just pursuing the last seven years. So so you have this great experience thanks to this, you know, journey with Mm -hmm. grandma and and other influences on your life, but so profoundly here became... Mm -hmm crystal clear it opened your heart and like you said the veil lifting now the response now god is real this is the real deal what does anna do next how do you start to live this faith that's come so dramatically alive well i think one thing my husband would say is when i decide something that's it (laughs) like (laughs) if i go gluten-free i'm gluten-free like that's it and so um it was constant pursuing everything like hungry what you know things i can attend like you know, prayer retreats and um, tays they were having out at Terra Sancta and every opportunity just to encounter the Lord. Like, I just wanted more and more and more and Mm. more of Him. And so it was everything. I started going to adoration. I um, started paying attention and and really absorbing in in Mass and learning more about the sacraments. One thing, um, confession, I love it. Mm -hmm. Like, I love confession. Um, Just really understanding what the Lord was offering in the sacraments. And so it was like diving full into the Catholic faith. And there's so much in the Catholic faith that it has to offer that when you're ready, it's like, it's all there. It's all there. All you have to do is just start. Just start. And it's such a journey. I'm still journeying. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, incredible. Yeah, no, it's a great adventure uh, to to live the, our life with Christ, right? You never know where he's going to take us. And uh, it doesn't have to be far away geographically. No. It takes us deep and into profound experiences right here, right yes. now. So um, your love for the sacraments, can you talk a little bit about that, How what influences they've had on your life the, in these years? Yeah, you know, confession has been a, such a journey of healing. I think people sometimes think healing's like one time. One and, and really, it's when the Lord, um, what I've learned, he told, I've learned, I thought, oh, Lord, it's all going to just be better now. No, he's like, no, I'm going to take you deeper, and I'm going to take you deeper, and then um, it's going to be at the pace that I know that you need, and I, it's going to be what you need when you need it. And so confession has really become a healing sacrament for me. Um, 
just healing and deliverance. Like every time I go, I feel like he's just pouring out his mercy and um, just giving me so much. The Eucharist has really become food. Like it has really become food. Like I consider it food for the journey. Mm-hmm. I consider it strength, especially in these days, like through COVID and all of this. It was, it was so hard not to have it. Um, it, it you know, it's not just like it, it's literally sustenance. Like it's the Lord and it's sustenance. And so it really has has become alive for me um, in that way. And even my marriage, like sacrament of matrimony, I don't think I ever understood it. <laughs> Father Christensen actually married us. <laughs> I said, we celebrated our anniversary on Tuesday, and I was like, I'm not sure we knew what we were getting into, but the Lord did. Mm-hmm. And even my marriage has come alive in a completely different way. It's like, oh, Lord, that's the way you intended it. That's what you desired for it. And so, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, no, the unfolding grace is within the life mm-hmm. of the church and her sacramental life. You yes. know, is so so powerful, so beautiful. And when we can receive it, um, then the fruits we can see the fruits. It's not that God's always pouring out his grace yes. in every sacrament. It's our it's our availability, our receptivity mm-hmm. to it, our openness to let him do what he wants to do in us. It's so so powerful, so beautiful. Um okay, so let's go kind of bring it uh, forward. Um what are you saying, Karen? We need to go to, <laughs> to, go to a break. Did he say break? He said break, Father. All right. Uh, we better go to a break, but we're coming back with Anna Robbins. <laughs> we're coming back with Anna Robbins after the break to continue to hear about her journey with Jesus Christ. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. I think that, well, first of all, I tend to be more of an app user than I do live radio listening. But I get all of the same programming, just maybe a little bit delayed. And I think that the main reason for having this wonderful availability is basically what you would call in the business world the economy of scale. It's, it's possible for um, our local RPR network to broadcast things that locally we could not afford to have. Or, or programming that, that we just don't have the talent available locally. And the things that come to mind are really the best of the best that are national syndicated type programs that are available locally, like EWTN programming, um, Father Spitzer's programming, uh, Catholic Answers. All of those things are things that are, are so appreciated by the people in our community that we may not have that local talent here. And um, RPR gives us the possibility of delivering it locally. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live. 
Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, Real Presence Live. I'm Father Brian Christensen and joined by... Karen Gibis. Karen, how's it going this morning? Man, we are having way too much fun. We're having a great time. I love the the kind of the lead-in here about the extraordinary things happening in your local area. I think we look for extraordinary things in other places, and they're happening in our homes, they're happening in our parishes, they're happening right here in our own community. And, and we're blessed uh, to be here this morning uh, with Anna Robbins, a parishioner here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, um, and just sharing her journey of faith and uh, the way that... Um, her life in Christ, that um, the reality of Jesus Christ, who is alive and working in our uh, midst today, every day at every moment, um, became a uh, reality for her, recognizing his presence um, so wonderfully and beautifully. And then the journey that really led you um, deeper into meeting Christ in the sacramental life. You just talked about yes. that. The, the Eucharist is real food. The, the, the sacrament of reconciliation is an encounter with the mercy of Jesus Christ. Um, and even the, the challenges of marriage that become, wow, the beautiful work of Jesus mm-hmm. at work in those. Um, I think it's a message that um, we're trying to proclaim. We were just on with Bishop Mewich just before this, and he was just encouraging people to return to the sacramental life. Um, if you've been away for a while, if you haven't been there, if, you know, the different no restrictions of COVID and the, the local communities have restricted that. Um, he said, now, if you're healthy, he, he mm-hmm. said, if you're going to Walmart, mm-hmm. then you can come to church, you <laughs> yes. know? And, and it's not just coming back to mass, but just coming back to this encounter yeah. with Jesus Christ in, in the Eucharist. Um, do you want to just talk about that, like your journey and your encouragement of friends and family members with regard? Because it's yeah. a challenge in our world right now. It is. And I think it's an understanding. Um, and if you don't have it, ask for it. Like, Lord, okay, I, you know, I don't, I guess I don't understand the depth of, of what the Eucharist is. Show me, show me. He, mm-hmm. he like desires that. He desires to reveal himself. Um, and, and it will, you know, ask for that hunger. We prayed for that last night for a few people. Hunger, you saw people like the Lord is placing a desire on their hearts for hunger, like hunger for me, mm-hmm. hunger for me. I hunger for you. And so um, I think, you know, in the sacraments, I think in this world, like one thing I've really been noticing is just a lack of awareness of the supernatural. Like, like that God is, he is present in our world Mm -hmm. and he is more real than what we see. He is more real than what we see. And in the sacraments and the grace that's offered is more real than what we see. And so I think just asking for that, Lord, open my eyes, open my eyes, help me to see the supernatural grace that you're pouring out in the sacraments. And then once that's revealed, like it's over. It's yeah. so, like you, you want, you want to receive them. You want, you desire them. Like you hunger for them. So, yeah. No, that's really beautiful. Really beautiful. Um, I do want to go back to where we started, right? Kind of bring this back to Mercy Nights, but also with regard to this, these prayer groups and praying mm-hmm. intercessory prayer for people's healing, people's deliverance and those kind of things. Um, how did how did you get involved with that? How did that start here at your parish? Um, you know, I attended a Father Macular um, healing service here at the cathedral, and I had had some back pain that was th- like for three years, and I had sought every worldly way of, of possibly healing that, and it never did. It was healed um, in that moment of being prayed over by Father Macular um, through our Lord. And I really, I believe he gave me that experience because once he, once that happened, 
I I knew I knew the Lord heals like it it mm-hmm. was and 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 I think he does that for us he sometimes when he's calling you to something he shows you in such a way that it's undeniable and so right. when people come forth for prayer I'm like yes yes he's <laughs> going to give you what you what you want it may not look like what what you think it might look like it'll look better right just going to take some time but <laughs> but yeah that stepping out in faith is that first part just believing that 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 Jesus can do it you know he always said because of your faith <laughs> you have been healed and so last night just yeah every time someone comes up i'm like oh you're stepping out in faith you you know Jesus can do this and he does he tremendously does but yeah he he healed me of that and it was that was it it was like i know i know all right so you know right you know that the lord heals right you know this how does that translate into now you sharing that message with others and becoming part of a prayer team? What are the what practically happened? Who did someone talk to you? Did you talk to somebody else? We said, we need to pray with people. Um, yeah, you know, I became a part of the the visioning committee and then the leadership committee, and I was on all these committees, and um, it was step by step, and it was it was I, it would have happened overnight for me, but the Lord, it took like three years. <laughs> okay, he did it in His timing and in little pieces. You know, we we started with the Year of Mercy. We did healing services. I somehow ended up coordinating those, not knowing what I was doing and actually speaking to people who've been praying with people for years. And I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then we ended with them. The mercy night started and the first mercy night, I think we prayed like there was like 400 people that showed up. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I was like, yes, this is, this is something that people desire and need. Um, and so then the mercy night started and then I was like, we need to be offering this monthly. And then you came, Father, and that was instituted like very quickly. And so it was all in the Lord's timing and unfolding. And as he's done that, um, I think in the beginning, maybe my understanding was very elementary of understanding the Lord's healing. Um, and as he's taken me on this journey of bringing it to others, he's also revealed a lot to me. He's increased my wisdom. He's increased my knowledge of how he works in the healing and deliverance ministry um, so, that, so that I grew and I was healed along the process. Um, that I can become a true testament to other people because I've done it. I've done the hard work. It's hard. It's hard. And some moments of it feel really painful. But I always say, when it's most painful, the Lord triggers what he desires to heal. And when he draws close, it can feel very uncomfortable. It can feel very uncomfortable. So in those moments, trust that he's there. He is so present to you. Um, it may not feel always good. I mean, the world kind of teaches that, like, it should always feel good. Mm-hmm. It should always feel awesome. You know, healing should happen quickly. No, no, like the Lord desires the true, deep healing. That's what he wants to give. He doesn't, he doesn't sell the cheap version. No <laughs> he's cheap, like, no, cheap he's like, no, take a pill for this. No, not yeah, at all. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I, and you know, COVID was an opportunity for the world to step into that, like really to step into what God was offering. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it really opens your eyes. You're like, you can see God's interaction in, in everything. You can see it in the good, the bad, the ugly, yeah. the trials, he's there. the good he's times. Always there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I had something on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just went flu fly, flying that's right what, out there. That's what happens when we're at the tail end of an interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being yes, here today. Thank you for and allowing me. Your witness and just being an example of love and sharing that Christ's, how active he is in your life and how he can be that active in other people's lives too. Thank you. Well, we we need to send it to Eli. Eli, you do not get a donut, but you do get to tell us about Monday's show. I guess I'll just have to go get my own donut. Fine. You just do that. that. (laughs) No, I expect you to put one in a box and mail it up here for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, another great show coming up Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Father Brandon Moravitz and Ben Frost, coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. They'll start off the show with Mike Aquila. He'll be talking about the statistics. You know, we've all seen over the years that mass attendance has been disturbingly low, and even that Catholics are in their pews. Well, the belief in the real presence is shockingly uncommon. Mike Aquila will join us to tell us what we can do about that. Plus, Bishop Donald DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls will join us uh, as we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of him being the Bishop of Sioux Falls. And he'll talk about what a year it's been. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Or, of course, you can listen online at realpresenceradio.com. Right back to you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Father Brian, for an entertaining show. We had so many just hard-hitting comments today that I just hopefully inspired our listeners to get back to church to man up with Kevin Wells man up be the man that God needs you to be yeah Bishop <laughs> Mewich encouraging us back to the the relationship yeah. with Christ in the Eucharist uh, looking praying you know Father Brian Huss was talking about you know prayer life and mm-hmm. keeping up your prayer life and what a great story of uh, his call to to christ slowly over time and again we talk about extraordinary things right here in our own neighborhood there's an extraordinary thing in a regular ordinary mm-hmm. practicing yeah. catholic family that god does great things yeah we don't all have to be extraordinary because christ meets us where we are and, and then our grandmas. Our grandmas are important, uh, you know. So I thanks know, for talking grandmas. about grandmas. Have a big influence, you know. I remember my my grandmother going through her rosaries. In fact, uh, she had a thing on Good Friday, um, where she prayed a thousand rosaries, a thousand hail marys, a thousand hail marys. So they divided it up between her. When after her, my grandma died, five daughters each took two hundred. There's only two daughters left. Oh, so oh. out of the five, so my mom and my aunt Eileen, they what? get. They get a 500 oh. each, and they're all waiting. Who's going to be the last one to be doing the 1,000? Oh. <laughs> I just want to know who they're going to hand it on to, the next that's generation of, of Hail Marys on Good Fridays. So, that, that, me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Father delegates it off to his, yeah. his most valuable parishioners. There you, go. there you go. Well, what a great show, Karen. Uh, we look forward to doing this again. Yes, uh, St. Joseph's Feast Day. Saint you Joseph and I Feast are Day. hosting here. In this year of St. Joseph? Yep, here at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Cathedral. Beautiful. Again. And thank you again for your hospitality, for always allowing us to come and invade your broadcasting booth. Is that we... we yeah, my broadcasting booth here high above the cathedral on 520 Cathedral Drive, Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Father, do you want to end our show with a blessing? Yeah, we ask... Uh, the Lord to continue to guide us, to watch over us and send his Holy Spirit upon us as we make this campaign of Lent, this battle against uh, the one who tries to disrupt our relationship with you, O Lord. We ask the intercession of Mary and St. Joseph in this year of St. Joseph, and may the blessings of Almighty God descend upon all of our listeners, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. Remember, you can catch a replay of today's show tomorrow on and every Saturday here on the Real Presence Radio Network. This has been live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live. 
on the Real Presence Radio Network.